Sorry, I hurt my fingers and I'm trying to hurt the other fingers equally so it doesn't feel all off. It's a good thing to do. Do you ever get that where if, if something is asymmetrical, it's more annoying? Exactly. And I can get that. Spread the wealth, yeah. basically. You, you get a headache, right? Punch yeah. yourself out in the stomach yeah. so that you're not so worried about the headache. It's a, um, They teach you that in pro wrestling. If you do a back bump, fall on your back, spread it. Spread the weight so it's not so intense. So you break a finger, break all of them. And there's our intro. There we are. That's the intro. I remember when I was a kid, if I would get a, if I would get a nettle sting on my left hand, I would have to then get deliberately nettle sting my right hand as well. <laughs> Because I knew that three hours later, you know, when the nettle sting turns into that weird, cool feeling like there's someone sticking something into you. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, dear, that was phrased badly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it just felt less annoying when both hands were equal. <laughs> Maybe that's some bizarre thing only I have. I don't know. That's how fucking Jigsaw got started. <laughs> Fucking nettle traps. He, he wants to play a game with himself. It's like, ah, you have stung one hand with nettles. Now you must sting your other hand with nettles. Otherwise, it's going to feel a little bit weird. I'm the jigsaw. This is my trap. The dock leaf is on the other side of the nettle field. That's, that's what you do. You don't... That's what you should have done, Kevin. You don't get other nettles. You find a dock leaf. Everybody knows that. Dock leaves solve everything. Does that actually work? Are dock leaves, are they a real thing or are they just a lie we tell children to make them feel better? They work, but like they don't exactly stop it. They they might dull it, but and they, they I think they soak up a little bit of the whatever it is. I think they help the poison. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember rubbing dock leaves on me. It might have been more placebo. Next time you get a nettle sting on your left hand, Sting your right hand as well. <laughs> or go find a dock leaf. You it's idiot. not going to be as annoying if both of your hands you fool. are equally you symmetric. Fool, Gavin. Find a dock There's leaf, got... you fool. <laughs> There's got to be someone out there who agrees with me on this. I don't. I, I think they might agree with you in principle. I don't think that they would agree that that's a better solution than finding a dock leaf. Well, yeah. I mean. From experience, I understand somewhat on a pain distribution level, but I, as as one of the hosts on this podcast, I personally do not endorse. I do not endorse the the medical knowledge that suggests you should sting yourself. With, I mean, where does that stop? You sting your hand, you sting your other hand, then you're like, mm, my feet don't, my feet don't sting. Take my socks and shoes off. Stamp about. It's different if it's something really painful. Like if you trap your finger in a door or something, I'm not going to go and do that with the other hand. But nail sting is such a, a gentle pain that like... You this know. person who broke into my house has stabbed me in my left arm. I better stab myself in <laughs> oi, my right arm. Oi, mate, before you go, <laughs> just get me in the right arm. Following on a logical track, this whole thing leads to someone fucking a handful of nails. That's where yeah. that's the end game here. And I'm not on board with that. Fuck a duck leaf. They're going to do fan art now. Someone's going to do a fan art of female Bowser fucking a bunch of nettles. Right. Let's talk about uh. Bowser. Before we get any further, let's talk about Bowser. People have been drawing this a lot <laughs> because of the whole Toadette turning into Princess Peachette or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole... Um, basically, scientific question as to it, it is it, she's not Princess Peach, she is Toadette. I haven't been following this properly, but I have a question: yeah. Is Bowser um, 
Bowser uh, as a trans woman or is Bowser an actual different character? Okay, we will we will get there in a second. There's a whole lot of internet storm that happened around that. Yeah, we gotta. First of all, let me just say that. A lot of this Bowsette stuff is just people being wacky and silly. Yeah. And it's all ha-ha fun jokes. Yeah. But we all saw what happened with Waluigi. I'm just waiting for Nintendo to never put Bowsette in Smash. <laughs> or never do a game starring Bowsette. And then for all of this fun, wacky memes to just turn very serious and angry and upsetting and dangerous. Hang on. what is Waluigi not an actual... Nintendo thing. He is an actual Nintendo thing, but people stopped make like being funny about it. He's 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 never actually like in his own games. He's never in Smash. People are very sad that he's like he is underused. He's just an assist trophy, and it makes us sad. I I would I would love to have the mental energy to be so angry over <laughs> video games. So yeah, the 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 story of Bowser is basically in the Switch port of New Super Mario Brothers U that's coming to the Switch. They've added in this item, they've added in this item that's like a princess crown, and if Toadette, which is the pink toad with the, the ponytails, or the pigtails, if she puts on this princess crown, she transforms into basically Princess Peach, but also to- like a amalgam toad, Toadette, Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. So people have been imagining, what if we put the transforms you into a hybrid with Princess Peach crown on Bowser? And one thing I want to say about this is a lot of this fan art has been of, like, svelte, skinny, uh, conventionally attractive uh, Bowsette. That's that's all well and good. I'm also very into the fan art that goes completely the other direction, and she's a big muscular lady that, that maintains that Bowser body form. I'm like, that's... That's good stuff. I've seen a lot of body shape variety here with going from the peach end to the Bowser end on the the et spectrum. Um, yeah, it, it all works for me. I'm finding it all very intriguing. To answer your question from before, Gavin, of is this a completely different character or a trans person? Um, I personally fall into the camp of this is not a canon character so there is no solid answer yeah. but i like to headcanon this this as a trans character i'm like this is a character who was who was was going by male pronouns and now they go by female pronouns and they've changed their gender presentation i'm willing to take that as a win for video games and go hooray everyone's enjoying a trans video game character there's a lot of people on the internet who disagree with that and go, blah, 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 stop putting your SJW politics into video games. We just want to take a man and turn him into a woman and find them sexy and not have that be an SJW issue where they're a trans person. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like like I, I said on Saturday that it's going to get nasty. And so people are already trying to make it so. It's, it's already becoming a bit of a thing. There's already people who are u- there are already people who are using the existence of Bowsette as an excuse to shout transphobia and to post Bowsette pictures going still a man though and stuff like that. Uh... It's, it, the, the stuff is brewing. It's like it's it's gonna get messy. I don't I don't want to be drafted into the Bowsette wars. No. All all I have to say on the topic is there is no correct answer. So whichever answer I pick is just as valid as anyone else's, and I'm enjoying seeing people get hype about a trans character. Oh, that's it. She's a she's not just a fictional character. She's a completely non-canon, canon rather fan-made character. Yeah. So it's open. It's uh, at this point, it's like she's open to whatever you want her to be, isn't she? Exactly. Oh yeah. 
sure people can enjoy the Bowsette phenomenon however they want, but don't do it in a nasty way, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Here's the thing. Enjoy her however you like, but let other people enjoy her their way if they want to. Let people have their nice things, yeah. As long as... No, no, I'm done. Everyone should be having a fun, lovely time. And I've seen some other ones as well. I've seen someone do a, a, a peach boo. Uh mix up so what happens if boo wears the crown you get a, a princess peach boo a uh, chain chomp i saw which was a very uh sort of nice one uh, people are being very inventive about you know which mario enemies or characters can we uh basically et up and i'm enjoying them all i think it's like creative and interesting yeah. uh, and people are really jumping on board with it people are going all in on this stuff and that's fun it's creative yeah it's nice to see some creativity going on. If Sonic puts on the crown, he gets a good game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's face it, last week everyone was talking about Donald Trump's toad dick, so I think I'm going to take Bowsette fan art over that. Oh yeah, no, I am I am all all about that. <laughs> have 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 they um been together yet, these two things? I mean, they're probably somewhere. Has someone put the princess crown on Trump? I don't want to see Trumpette. Um. Oh dear. <laughs> I think we all saw enough of Trump's trumpet last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello. Podquisition. Welcome to Podquisition. That's, that's what we do. I'm Jim Sterling, joined by Laura Kay. Hello, Laura. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I saw, um, I saw a thing you showed me that we can't talk about yet, by the way. Uh, very good. Very interesting. Got news coming on that in the future. In the next couple of weeks, I finally get a show off a thing I've been working on, and I showed Jim a bit of work in progress footage for it, and I think it looks quite professional. The thing, uh, the thing. It's delightful. It's very good. I'm, I'm excited. I've had, I've had a good week. I worked on a professional-looking video thing. Uh, I met a podquisition listener this weekend who was absolutely lovely. His name was Ben. He was, he was, he was lovely to hang out with. I've had a good week. It's been lovely. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Hello. Gavin, the miracle of sound, musician extraordinaire. How have you been good, sir? I've been good. I've I've had nice things and, and, and annoying things this week. Annoying things, I have to do my tax, but, you know, everyone has to do that. But I really hate doing this. It's horrible. And nice things is I had my best YouTube month in about a year. So that was good. Oh. Yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. Something, something. The the algorithm god smiled on me this this <laughs> month for whatever reason. So I've had some upticks on my end. Um, still a lot of lost ground. Yeah. But there, it's been, it's not been as dismal as the past few months. Mm. I'm I, I'm still in the weird limbo where I have I have been working on things for like nine months and I. St- don't yet know how any of them are gonna do so yeah yeah i mean book books and whatnot i i'm i'm still in mystery limbo i don't know how how my career's <laughs> doing anymore um yeah i i'm fresh off a second wrestling match um stardust wrestles them i get to feel the after effects in the morning <laughs> um unexpected things happened was not expecting uh, to be thrown into the corner and chopped in the chest and then climbed on top of and punched in the head a lot of times. Nice. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of things that were basically improv and unexpected Saturday night. And I am... Um, it was great fun. Everything that happened was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. It 
wrestling isn't as fake as people think it is. No. <laughs> it's one thing you learn, like when you start going to practice training and everything. Like they keep bringing that forward, like to the forefront of it. Wrestling hurts, and it ain't as fake as you think it is. I saw that movie with Mickey Rourke in it. Wrestler's a great film, yeah. Yeah. It, it looked proper painful. There's a degree of scripting and acting and performance, but it is still a sport. Like, you still have to do athletic, sporty, com- uh, like, co- conflict, combat things. A woman, Saturday night, was straight up terrifying. I've never seen such hate in someone's eyes. This woman had a child in her arms and was screaming, Fuck you! Fuck you, Sturdust! Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Fuck off! <laughs> Sturdust, not me, of course. Sturdust is there just... You've got a child in your arms! Stop swearing! I don't fucking care! Um, apparently, she yelled the F-swear at me at one point. I didn't wow. hear that bit, but... Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. She's in for some banter next time I see her. Speaking of um, wrestling and colourful language, did you watch Glow yet? Oh, I've been I've been rewatching Glow from the beginning recently. Oh. Season season two was so good. I I'm rewatching <laughs> season one at the moment, and that show. Oh, it's just such. It's just such positive watching. What I love about that show is I can't believe something that's so filthy and vulgar feels so wholesome, <laughs> you know? Very much like the Podquisition. And it actually deals with, like, especially in season two, it actually deals with some interesting topics like race and stuff. You know, it's and it's quietly to its, like, in it, it, it's quietly probably one of the most inclusive TV shows you've ever seen. Because all of these women come from different backgrounds and have different stories. And it's, it's just so fucking good. Seriously, watch it. Everyone watch it. It's a show I definitely recommend, yeah. I, and I have to give this disclaimer after I recommended it to someone in my Patreon Discord. It can be, it can be not easy viewing at times. There are some of the humour in it is quite gross out. Yeah. And some of the language in it is very colourful. So just bear that in mind. It's not, it's not for kids. Like The characters are not always nice people, but there are consequences to not being nice. And I love how in the show there's no, there's never a villain. There's never anyone you root against. It's just... I don't know. There's a couple of people I rooted against in that show. (laughs) There's one guy in season two you're definitely like, well, he's a villain but yeah. yeah anyway it's fucking great go and watch it i could have watched <laughs> that i i watched hell house llc 2 instead mm. i wouldn't recommend it i, I started watching a show I, I started watching a show this week and it got much darker than i expected to um i need to find what it's called now because I've, I've just completely blanked on the name netflix tell me what i was watching we were watching the deuce this week it's all about like the porn industry beginning and it, there's so many titties and dicks and fannies in that show. It's like just nudity everywhere. It's great. Uh, I found what I was watching. It's a Netflix show called Good Girls and it's about three like housewives who basically discover they need money pretty urgently and they're like, it wouldn't be that hard to go just like rob a shop, would it? <laughs> and it starts as like a light-hearted sort of women off to do a crime thing. And by the end of the first episode, it's like, oh shit, this got dark. Hmm. I I don't know if I'm ready for more of it yet. It's it's like watching something like Breaking Bad in that it's like, oh my goodness, this is terrifying and everything is going wrong and I can't look away from this train wreck. Hmm. Sounds Interesting. Good. So I enjoyed the first episode and I'm, I'm going to go back into that. Cool. Nice one. I've just been trying to find more creepy films to watch. Watch a film called The Invitation. 
It's got a bloke who plays Dario Naharis in it. That is a fucking brilliant movie. Great film. Great film. Starts off, like it, it plays off social awkwardness so well. That's what makes it so effective. And then when it just goes all over the place, it's very good. Right onto the last 10 minutes of, yes. of that movie, you're still questioning what you think is actually going on. It never, yeah, it, it always has something right up to the very end. It has something new it can sort of hit you with. Uh, and I watched uh, on the theme of creepy dinner parties, I watched uh, Would You, yeah, it's called Would You Rather. Um, I think it was just called Would You Rather. Oh. Uh, I think it was. Anyway, it had Jeffrey Coombs and Sasha Gray in it. I think I've seen this film. Yeah, it's a bit like Saw, except at a posh dinner party. Sasha Gray, where do I know that name? She's an adult performer. Oh, that's the porn star Sasha Gray, who was in um, Entourage for a while. Yeah, they're, they're all they're all locked in the house together and given a bunch of like challenges in order to like escape alive sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely saw that. I seem to remember the ending being a bit disappointing, but... Uh, yeah... Yeah, I mean, it was a bit what I call goosebumpsy, where there's a twist for the sake of it. But the whole thing was about sort of sadistic choices anyway, so it, it kind, of, kind of worked. You know the main guy in that movie, Invitation, who looks like Tom Hardy? Yes. And I always think is Tom Hardy. I kept thinking he's got those Tom Hardy eyes. Uh, we're about 17 minutes into this. Do we want to talk about video games? I suppose. <laughs> Shall we do all video games? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So should we talk about the big thing of the week, which was uh, Telltale? Yeah. And that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Telltale unexpectedly laid off most of their staff this week. Uh, their staff were given about thirty minutes' notice to get out the office after they were told they were let go. Mm. Uh, all of their in-development projects have been cancelled. Uh, season, the final season of The Walking Dead is in a weird limbo, and basically. Telltale got no money. They have no money and oopsie doodle, no severance pay, no nothing. Get out the office, you're all gone. Yeah. Goodbye, sorry. Let's not forget, they had workers, they had developers working on projects till 3am in the morning, right up until basically the last minute. Yeah. And I'd just like to say, fuck Telltale's management for that. Mm. Fuck the bosses who were working their like, developers to the fucking bone, burning them out for months right up until almost the very end. Fuck them for that. Fuck any business. I know it's not uncommon. Fuck any manager that does that. There was a moment uh, a couple of years back where every couple of weeks there seemed to be a new Telltale, Telltale game announced. And I feel like we should have seen we should have seen this coming. I mean, I remember thinking at the time, how the fuck do they do all of this? Yeah, it's one of those hindsight things. I think we've even spoken on this podcast about being burnt out by them before. Yeah, so there's there's been a little bit of discussion today about how this sudden closure happened, and it it makes some sense. Like the the short version of how this happened so suddenly is, um, the company were waiting on their 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 latest round of uh, income to come in, and they were expecting one big investor to put a lot of money in that would have kept the company afloat for a considerable amount of time, and that company pulled out. Telltale haven't formally said who it was, but the speculation has heavily been that it was Lionsgate. Um, apparently, Lionsgate was supposed to be doing a four hundred million dollar deal with Telltale. And they pulled out very unexpectedly, and that deal falling through at the last minute is where Telltale suddenly went, oh shit, we don't have enough money to make it through the week. Right. Wow. 
So it sounds like it was a situation of a lot of what they were doing was relying on these big branded deals for these licensed products. The money from the next brand deal. Yeah. It speaks to bad management. Yeah. I have to say, I was really surprised to hear that companies in the USA can do that. Can fire people without notice. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you'd be surprised at what companies in the USA are allowed to fucking do, Gab. I'm pretty sure that's... I'm not 100% positive, but I think that's illegal over here. You have to give people at least two weeks' pay after firing them. There's a complicated legal situation basically around if your company has no money. I mean, yeah, if you're bankrupt, you're bankrupt. Telltale have not gone into bankruptcy. They have gone into some other kind of financial agreement... And basically, if they went into bankruptcy, any money that they did have left would be paid out to staff for unpaid like severance pay and things like that. But because they've not gone into bankruptcy yet, that hasn't been triggered. So wow. it's I don't understand the legal side of how they've gotten around it, but they've not gone bankrupt, but they have no money. Pay your workers. Yeah. Pay your workers. Yeah. Somehow. Fucking... And pay them overtime as well. Pay your workers. Don't overwork them. Yeah, don't... Don't crunch this bullshit. One thing I will say about the paying the workers thing, um, some news came out today that they might in some way, shape or form be finishing off that final season of The Walking Dead. And I'm like, yeah, but maybe you should be taking that money. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm really digging the final season of The Walking Dead. I want to see it continued, but you should probably be paying your, your workers severance pay before you yeah. work on finishing that series. The people who made those games deserve some fucking money. Yeah. And fuck, fuck these other people, these other commenters who've come in with this attitude of, well, if they really cared about the games, if they were really passionate, they'd finish this season off for free so we could play it. Fuck off. Fuck off. That's all comments saying that. Fuck off. Dickhead. If you really cared about it, instead of saying that, you'd be saying, let's kickstart it. Yeah, no, here's, here's the thing, like, I I really loved the first episode of The Walking Dead's final season. It got me really back into that, that series. I'm really bummed out that that series probably isn't going to get finished in the way that I was imagining it would. At least you won't have to watch Clementine die horribly at the end and feel really miserable. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but, like... I'm not going and being like, no, fuck you, go make this thing for no money, because video games cost a fucking lot of money to make, and these people are now unemployed suddenly with no jobs, and they have bills to pay. This is 100% on management. Yeah, this is a management problem, and the people making the game, it's like, no, don't expect them to go and make that game for no money. They still need to pay their bills, and they just got fired unexpectedly. Let them go find a new job that'll pay them money to pay their bills. They are bigger victims here. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It fucking sucks that people invested in this new season and might not get it. Yeah. That fucking sucks. I mean, I lost all interest in the, in those games, but I was, for professional reasons, I was going to check out the last season. So I did, I think I ended up putting down money for the season. Yeah. So I'm in that same boat, but I would rather see workers get fucking paid for their work. Ex- exactly. Like, I paid for a season pass for that final season. I have no idea what the situation is if I'll get a refund on that or whatever, but I, you know, I there were there were seasons of The Walking Dead that I skipped over. I really didn't care about the Michonne series or the 400 Days thing, but I played all the stuff that had Clementine in it and I really enjoyed it. Telltales should not be looking at trying to finish this season. They should be looking at refunding and paying fucking severance. Yeah. Companies as well, they're not amorphous blobs. 
there's different people in different parts of companies and it's okay to be angry at whoever's you know the management that fucked everything up and but saying like oh the staff if they really cared and getting angry with the the people who were creating the game that it's you, you know you're way off the mark there passion doesn't feed your family passion doesn't pay for your bills it doesn't keep a roof over your fucking head yeah those voice actors those developers those writers need money to live so they can keep making games fucking idiots this is said by people who have no real fucking responsibility. If they had been paid a couple of months severance pay, then maybe, maybe it wouldn't have come off quite so jerkish to go, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to finish, finish this off? Finish, like, you know, put some work into finishing it off? Because at least then they'd have some money. Like, you're telling people who are like, no, you have no job, you have no paycheck. Like, fuck off. I'm sure they would love, they all want to finish it off. Yeah. But they can't eat nothing. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, not pay their rent or whatever you know people work they should get paid for the work yeah that's that's a been a truism for as long as there's been work and pay you know outside of fucking serfdom the the attitude towards art in that respect is something that thankfully i've seen change a lot over the last six seven years on the internet particularly with the introduction of things like patreon yeah but it is still there definitely still there you know i I remember when youtube went through its first of many demonetization fiascos and there's a lot of people oh, fuck them they should just do those videos for free anyway but they're making entertainment that people are enjoying surely they deserve something for that surely they deserve to be able to live if they are putting that much effort in yeah and sacrificing their fucking lives to make stuff people want they should be making a living off that because it's their fucking lives. With all this said, I, I thought maybe this would be a good opportunity to talk about some of the stuff that we have enjoyed that Telltale did. Because for all the burnout that we've that we've all, I think, had with that studio, I think they undeniably made some stuff that I really loved. Like, there is some stuff in Telltale's back catalogue that I think is fantastic. Like, oh, sure. That first season of The Walking Dead, we, we were all very on board with that yeah yeah it was a like i gave it gym position award yeah um held it up as a great example of storytelling in games it still is it's it's fantastic yeah i think i think we're far enough away from it now to talk about like the way that season ended that choice at the end of the season where it's like hey here is the character you've been playing as all season you've got to make the moral choice about whether to shoot them and end them end their life quickly or leave them to turn and become a zombie. That was a really emotionally tough thing. That was like, that was a very strong moment in video game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole last episode is still very memorable. I only played through that one the once, uh, but it stuck with me um, more than some games that games I've played more than once. Yeah. Um, right down to the music that, that moment where, Lee is fighting in the streets through a horde. Mm. The music that kicks in is fucking amazing. Uh, I ha- I have a song about that, by the way, that particular season of Walking Dead, and it's worth a listen. Yeah. What's, what's it called for people who want to find it? It's called The Best I Can, and 90% of the comments on the video are like, fuck you for making me cry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, outside of that, though, I... I thought that the uh, Tales from the Borderlands was absolutely fantastic. Like, it had some of the best comedic pacing in a video game I think I've ever seen. It had some some truly wonderful moments of unexpected comedy. It fleshed out the Borderlands world, I think, better than any of the actual core Borderlands games ever did. 
I really like that one. Oh, yeah. Um, Tales from the Borderlands, I think, is probably the last one, the last Telltale game that I properly got into and finished off and and liked. Uh, after that, the other ones I started looking at, they, uh, you know, I just lost interest fast after that. Game of Thrones didn't help. No. The, the Game of Thrones one was... It was well made, but... The Wolf Among Us was good. I like that one. Yeah. I think Telltale's formula worked best when they as a company were allowed to deviate from what the source material was doing and tell their own stories. Because, like, the Game of Thrones one was trying way too hard to be the TV show and to be an extra part of the TV show. But stuff like Minecraft Story Mode I found quite amusing. Uh, Tales from the Borderlands... Stuff where the source material didn't necessarily have a lot of world building mm. and Telltale were just sort of left to roam free to their own devices and create what they wanted to do tended to work out really well. Yeah, I think when they did the more unexpected ones, I think that's part of what made Tales from the Borderlands work as mm. well was because even though it's in a, a fairly established universe, it was an unusual pairing. Whereas something like Game of Thrones or the Batman one, I found the Batman one boring as hell. Um, that's a bit more trite, I suppose. I really liked with Tales of the Borderlands the whole dual unreliable narrator's structure. Mm. It, there were some really interesting things they did with that where there were moments where you did really cool badass things and then got interrupted by the other character being like, no, that is not how that happened. And yeah, it was just... It was amusing. It caught me off guard. It was it was narratively surprising and took some risks. Yeah. It was a good old story that one. But yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm upset that this has happened. I I think that to a certain degree maybe it's better it happened now than that the burnout got even worse, etc. But I still for what it's worth every time I played one of those games I did enjoy them, and I'm gonna miss that in the industry. Because what what have we, what have we got left now without Telltale in that sort of genre? We've got Life is Strange season two is just start is just starting, and we've got what's that one you like? The Council. The Council, which, on a technical level, many will not find it. Yeah. As easy to get into. It's not exactly a replacement, even though I think it does a lot of clever, interesting things. Like, as much as I love Life is Strange, like, I love this type of game, and there is a very, very noticeably big hole in my gaming library now, now that there is... The big the company making the most of these games is not doing so anymore. And that's a shame. Yeah. Then again, I mean... This is one of those situations where I wouldn't be surprised to see at some point a bunch of these writers and developers getting together mm. and going the whole Kickstarter route or something like that to keep doing these sorts of games. On honestly, I think the best thing that could happen for these kind of games is let I want to see like a group of developers from Telltale who've all just been fired band together, create their own studio, and basically go hey, we have experience in making narrative adventure games. Let's do that, but without being forced to slot them into Telltale's thing. Let's do our own fun ideas that we have that don't rely on the Telltale engine. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see, is I want to see a bunch of those people who know how to do good stories experiment with what kind of game they can make. 
And that was an ancient old engine anyway. That was part of the problem was, as well as saturating the market and reducing the wow factor of these games, because part of what made these games um, stand out was the fact that they stood out and they couldn't stand out when there were so many of them. But also, and they admitted this, that they'd let uh, audiences down. They let fans down because the engine never aged and the games got, you know, they were just clunky yeah. uh, at, at times and sometimes didn't run all that well. And that was a big part of the problem. I think that turned people off over time. So one thing that is interesting is in the last day or so, we've seen a lot of footage start to surface online of a couple of games that got cancelled and aren't going to happen now, including the uh, the Stranger Things Telltale game. And that was one of the first ones in their new in their new engine. And it's very odd looking at the footage of that and going like, they were so close to starting to release games that actually had characters moving in like more fluid ways where they're not just doing the telltale walk animation. And it, they were clearly like just on the boundary of, they were just about to finally sort the engine and oh no, they're gone. Uh, A tragedy worthy of telltale's gameplay, really. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that final twist, that final heartstring pulling twist, yeah. so close and so. Some of the stuff that got cancelled apparently isn't going away entirely. Um, Netflix have already said, "Hey, even though that Telltale Stranger Things game got cancelled, we are still very interested in making a narrative adventure game." And of course they are about Stranger Things, and we'll do that probably without Telltale now. So, um, I'm excited to see what. Like, that would be an interesting move, is if we see Netflix step into that role and go, oh, our, our Telltale game got cancelled and Telltale are dead? Right, let's let's make our own Telltale games. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix started getting more active in game development. Yeah. They've had a lot of success with all of their original series and stuff, so we, we, we'll see. It wouldn't shock me. It would be an interesting move. Like, I, I'm looking at that Stranger Things one and going... What if they just recycled what had been done on the Telltale thing and start making that themselves? Dear Netflix, please buy Bioware. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, so yeah, a uh, couple of other bits of news we had this week. Uh, did either of you see the news about um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider's secret ending that people thought wasn't real? Yeah. Did you see this, Jim? Uh, this I missed. No, I missed this one. I didn't really have many... Th- thoughts on it to be honest because there's probably not going to be another one of those games so no uh, i'll i'll give the quick rundown for jim quickly so basically there is a day one patch to shadow of the tomb raider that completely changes the ending of that game and people were unaware of this uh, about a week after the game launched a thread went up on reddit where someone was like why is no one talking about this bit of the ending where this character sends a letter to Lara Croft and everyone was like, that's not the ending of the game. And this Reddit poster was like, no, 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 I swear, I saw this. It was a thing. This character, who is important from the past series, sends a letter and, like, that's a big tease for, you know, what's presumably to come after Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And everyone's like, no, what the fuck are you on about? Like, no, this game's been out a week. We would know if there was a a different ending to this game and after several days of being called a liar this guy replayed the entire game took a video of this ending <laughs> and went here's the ending I-, I fucking told you it existed 
And it turns out, yeah, there was this ending that, like, suggested more games after Shadow of the Tomb Raider that was patched out with a day one patch and no one noticed. First of all, you couldn't buy that level of vindication. I am envious of whoever that person is, not because of breaking a story or anything like that, but just feeling that fucking correct. (laughs) That's amazing. So... Yeah, uh, the the ending that originally was there and got changed suggested, hey, we're probably going to do like another trilogy of Tomb Raider games and they'll probably be about this villain. Um, the fact that they've edited that out suggests maybe they've changed their mind about doing more of these games. Yeah. Well, it didn't. It didn't sell so well, did it? The new one. Yeah, it sold worse than the previous two. Um. Again, this is... I, I don't know. Is it maybe Burnout on this series? or I think I think as someone who really enjoyed the first in the series, I can understand why it didn't sell too well, even though I liked them all. It just... They didn't really do anything extraordinary with them. I'm, I'm about six hours in now into Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So far, I'm still really enjoying it. I, I really like the, the increased focus on big, big tombs. Yeah. Um, I have enjoyed the narrative stuff. I thought it was well well acted so far. I don't like the water, but that's about it. it, it they didn't put the focus on the tombs in any of the promotional stuff, no. as far as I can see. It didn't, you know, because that's what most people want from a Tomb Raider game. Yeah. It did get a lot of people just saying, oh, this is like Uncharted, and maybe a lot of people felt they have Uncharted and didn't need what this game was doing, or this series. Possibly, but I, I don't know. I think that this one... It's not new and exciting, necessarily. It's not necessarily doing much that the previous games didn't do. But for me, I enjoyed the past ones. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's more of that. That, That's fine by me. If they are doing another... um, If they're going to reboot the series again, what I'd love to see is it to go back to the old style in certain ways, like mainly linear and focused on the tombs and not so much the collectibles... And I'm not I'm not on board with this whole Lara has to be sexy thing, but I would like to see Lara get a little bit more kind of um a little bit more quirky or just a bit more what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit smart alecky more, you know, just a bit more fun. She doesn't have much of a personality. Cause she's she's very, very serious in, in this trilogy and Yeah. She's very video game protagonist, reacting to everything. We were talking about Telltale a minute ago. You know who I'd like to see her her personality end up a bit more like was Fiona from Tales from the Borderlands, who was just like a bit more smarmy, a little bit more sarcastic, just had a little bit more a bit more fun person, a a little bit more fun, fun jokey personality to her. Like I've enjoyed this interpretation of Lara, but I would like to see her grow into a slightly more confident character. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But yeah, so not much else to say about that other than yeah, they it seemed like they were going to tease more games and then decided not to at the last minute. Um, yeah, and uh, can I just po- say something that was really annoying about this one? Oh yeah, tiny little tiny little spoiler here. They missed such an opportunity by not having her get her uh, dual pistols at the end. Because this was supposed to be like, oh, she's becoming the Tomb Raider now. Even the shit-boring movie that recently came out <laughs> yeah. ended with that. <laughs> I didn't think the movie was shit. I thought it was okay. 
I didn't think it was particularly great. It was better than Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, it was competent. It's mm-hmm. just halfway through it, I was like, I want this to just stop right now. <laughs> if they stopped halfway through this scene and the credits rolled, I'd be happy with that. There have been far worse video game movie adaptations. We stupidly went to see that movie right after Black Panther. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we, we went to see Black Panther and it was raining, so I was like, oh, fuck it, we'll go to another movie. And yeah, I don't think that did it any favours. <laughs> Which is funny because that movie feels like it's just saying, ah, fuck it, we'll be a film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, other other things we had this week. There is, is a bit that was a bit of news for me and I, I had feelings about. So Pokemon Go confused everyone this weekend by what I've written down here was maybe a glitch, maybe infuriatingly confusing teases. Um... So over the weekend, a new Pokemon that has never been seen in Pokemon games before popped up in Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. But if you tried to catch it, it turned into a Ditto. And everyone was like, is this a Pokemon that you accidentally put in the game earlier than you were meant to? Is this a tease? You got me all excited because there's a new Pokemon, but you won't actually let me have it. What's going on? Wobbly Screwnuts. That's what I like to call it. Yeah. So they just didn't do anything. They, they, they just put it out there and then it went away. And everyone's like, the, f- the fuck what went on there? And then today they put out a big elaborate trailer being like, oh, yeah, it's a big, it's a, we're teasing, it's going to be a thing for the Switch Pokemon game. Oh, it's a, it's a tease. It, you can't catch it yet, but, but, but keep catching it anyway, even though you can't catch it, because who knows, we've got to investigate it. And I'm like, that was the most anticlimactic way to tease something, is to go, oh, there's a cool fucking new thing you've never seen. Yeah. But it's just a ditto, though. If you catch it, it'll just be a ditto. I'm like, <laughs> fuck off. I want the new thing. Don't just give me dittos. I want my wobbly screw nuts. Give it to me. It looks like a fucking mess. I want I want my wobbly screw nuts. That thing looks like existence is painful for it. <laughs> it looks like a beautiful mess, and I want this beautiful mess. Um, so that was all there was to that. I got very confused at the weekend. I was annoyed. I was like, let me have my, my thing. Uh... <laughs> PlayStation Now, that thing where you stream games on your PS4 and it never really worked very well. Oh, yeah. You can download the games now, so you don't have to play them over the internet. What? Yeah, did you not know this, Jim? Oh, my God. At last. At last I can play Silent Hill 2 without fucking interruption. Yep. Finally, you can actually download the fucking thing and play it without a constant internet connection. That actually makes... That already makes that whole service so much more worth it. Yeah, it makes it so much more worth a damn, doesn't it? Oh, did I hear somewhere that they have Red Red Redemption on that? I believe they do, yeah. I mean, we're looking for a place to play that, like replay that before the, the new one comes out. Let me just double check. They got a pretty good library. That's That helps them, that'll help them compete with the whole Xbox Game Pass thing as well. Uh, yeah, it's on PlayStation now. That's re- the original Red Dead Redemption. Oh, nice. Well, sweet. Uh, I don't know if you can do this right now or if it's incoming. Let me just double check. PlayStation Now download. Uh, can can you do this now? Um, let's have a look. Uh, yeah, apparently, like as of now, you can download them. Um, Fabo. You you have you have to connect to the internet once every couple of days to like be like yeah I'm, I'm still paying for it or whatever. But yeah, check in for that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you can actually play it natively on your console, the any of the the PlayStation Now stuff. Happy with that. I'm perfectly happy with that. Exactly. Like I, I tried PlayStation Now once. I tried it in order to try and play Shadow of the Colossus before the, the remake remaster thing happened. 
And I couldn't get through that first boss properly and was like, no, this is not worth worth my time. I've always wanted to like it and I've tried it on and off every now and then, uh, mostly just to, just to try and play Silent Hill. Um, and yeah, always had these issues with it, uh, especially here in the South and especially with fucking Comcast. But yeah, okay, now I'm interested in looking at it again. Yeah, so that's that's a, just a nice cool bit of news this week. Um, in terms of other online services and their game things... Nintendo launched their their paid online service this week. Uh, Jim, you've been you've been playing some of them uh, NES games on on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how's that been going for yeah. you? Uh, yeah, that was a great twenty minutes before I got bored. <laughs> um, twenty games, most of them dull or so old and so re-released. They're not worth more than fifty cents at best. Uh, but, you know, if you want less than a hundred and one plug and play piece of shit plastic, you can get at a covered market. Uh, it's there. There are honestly two games on there that I actually care about playing. Uh, the original Legend of Zelda. I haven't replayed that in a while. So that's like, yeah, I'll, I'll play that on a handheld. And uh, Dr. Mario. Yeah, Dr. Mario is good. I'll, I'll play some Dr. Mario. For me, it's uh, River City Ransom. That's that's fine and fine, fine little game. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, triggers my depression. I've talked about that before. Yeah. Because my mum my played that obsessively while I had my very first experience with depression. So I just hear the music now and it makes me think Yay. of that. Um, but it is, a f- it is a fun game with the volume turned down. <laughs> what I will say, one thing I did mess around with a bit that actually works really well is their online the, the online multiplayer for these? Oh, yeah, the the one that I was interested in, and then I found out that you need to only play it with friends, which isn't all that good because a lot of my friends in real life don't play video games. They go up to pub doing drinking. Jim, I, I keep saying this. Anytime you want to play video games with friends on your Switch, I will play video games on Switch with you. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I need to take more advantage of that. <laughs> I, I have the same thing. Most like most of my friends are musicians and they don't play video games. So. Yeah. And a lot of the time I'm I'm I, I feel like if I'm playing with a friend online, that's a commitment and that yeah. terrifies me because I'm Yeah. Because my brain is doesn't like to cooperate. Um whereas dropping in and out co op with strangers I yeah. enjoy more because there isn't that there. You can like I say you drop in and out. Um, and you can do it on your time, on your terms. With a friend, you're kind of expected to stay for a few hours, aren't you? Yeah. What I what I ultimately did is when the Switch came out, I just added a bunch of people from, from Twitter. And now if I want to play a game with random people, I will just go, okay, which of these people that I don't know that I have as Switch friends is online? Uh, I will jump into a random game with them. And there, there's that, there we go. There's a random person to play with. And that's worked out all right for me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there, there was one reason this week that it was worth having that Nintendo online service. Because without it, you couldn't play the Dark Souls Remastered on Switch network test. Mm-hmm. Uh, did either of you have a mess around with that? Yeah. No, I honestly like don't... I mean, I've replayed Dark Souls now so many times that I don't see the point in playing it with worse graphics. <laughs> that's, that's, that is fair. Um, yeah, you, you played some of it, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't play it last night for some reason, and 
immediately uh, muttered to myself, "What the fuck am I paying for Nintendo?" Just blame them. Uh, it's because it's because it was only a network test for three days. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was late then, but I did play it the day before. So yeah, I, I missed the first two days. I guess I'm still going to mutter, "What the fuck am I paying you for Nintendo?" <laughs> though, just because it makes me feel better about my life. Um, I gave it a go. Uh, while I was playing it, I was thinking, what the fuck am I paying you for, Nintendo? Because the online ran like shit. <laughs> I, I had an alright experience with the online. The online seemed to work alright for me. Apparently I'm having some bad fucking luck lately with uh, Switch Online. How does the game run? Is it 60 or 30 or what? Uh, it's it's 30, but it's, yes. it's, it's, a good sta- it's a good stable 30. Like, it's... it's I, I was playing it mostly in handheld during that network test, and... This is totally a serviceable way to, if you're on a, a big long flight or a train or something and you have a Dark Souls itch, this is a totally serviceable way to play Dark Souls. It ran better than I expected it to. Ran and looked better than I expected it to. It ran better than, it, I reckon it ran more stably than the original releases did. It was more of a stable <laughs> 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump's brain runs more stably <laughs> than fucking the original Dark Souls. <laughs> I would say it is, it is not by any means the worst performing version of that game. No, it's it's not compromised to the level of, of some games that have, have had, you know, multiple... Uh, platform releases I, I did have a couple of small gripes with it um on that network test on the menus the functions of the a and b button were the opposite of what you would expect them to be yeah that's always the way with nintendo why do they do that <laughs> dark souls remastered at least in, in right what i can see uses traditional controller layouts but i'm so used to the layout that Nintendo enfor- you know, enforces in its own games. It, I'm, I'm used to A equals go forward, B equals go back, and there didn't seem to be an option in the menu to change that. Someone told me on Twitter there was. I couldn't find it. Um, also, there is one, a couple of questions that I can answer now, having played it. Because this is a portable version of the game, people were like, were wondering... Is there going to be any way to pause it? Because, you know, if you're playing on a handheld, if you're on a train, you might have to suddenly pause and, like, switch trains or something. No, you cannot pause. Even even in offline mode? Uh, even, uh, well, the, this demo was only playable online because it was a network test, but I tested it without being connected to any other online players. Yeah. And if you press the home button or the sleep button... Uh, when you have full health, but there is an enemy like has seen you and is running towards you but hasn't reached you yet, and you go to home or you go to sleep, leave it for thirty seconds, open it back up, you will be dead. <laughs> it w- the enemy will have made it to you and killed you while you were on the home screen or the game was paused. It'll be interesting to see if they if they do something about that for the offline mode. I the impression I get from this network test is no. It feels like they do not want you to... They, they, it feels like their intention is the game as it was designed doesn't have pausing. We don't want you to pause even on a handheld. That was always a conscious design choice, yeah. Is Dark Souls in its offline mode actually offline? Are you still on a server and just no one can contact you? Or is it completely on your console and or PC when you're in the offline mode. That would be an interesting thing to know. Until we get final build of the game, we won't be able to test it completely, completely offline, but 
everything about this demo does suggest that you won't be able to pause the gameplay by hitting home or sleep. So, yeah, that that's a question for people who were wondering that. Uh, a lot of people had been waiting for it, hoping, well, it's on a handheld, so maybe they'll finally let me pause. And it seems like no. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting that, because, yeah, that that's part of the very specific design. Yeah. Yeah, but... You know, I didn't really play too much of the remaster on on consoles because I was, I knew I wanted to replay the original Dark Souls some point this year, and honestly, it's something that I would like to just have with me for when I'm traveling. So I, I waited around for for this this network test, and you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be totally happy replaying Dark Souls on Switch. I played through it like twice when it came out earlier this year, and I'm gonna be playing it. More than that again on the Switch. I, I can't get enough Dark Souls. I am happy playing that many, many times. Gavin, what you been playing this week? Uh, I try, I installed the Destiny 2 expansion and played a little bit of it, but uh, the expansion is like 100 light levels above what my character was. Uh. So I've just been kind of doing the usual. I've been playing the first one that came out, whatever that, I can't remember the name of it first expansion but it's all right it's fun it just destiny's like having a job though yeah it's like you know if you want certain things you have to go on certain days and it's just it's too much for me you know Mm. if there is ever a time again ever in my fucking life where i have a few days where i'm not busy at all and i just want to really jump in because you can't just jump into destiny for a while you know because you forget there's so many mechanics and structures and things in that game that you go away for 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 two weeks and you've forgotten so much stuff that's important and yeah yeah it's a, it's a, a difficult one to jump back into ah, I was just gonna say yeah it is a proper commitment of a video game isn't it it's yeah. it's like trying to get into one of them like online mobile shooter things it's like this has to be the game you're playing at the moment yeah and I'll give it this though um in the five or six hours that I played the leveling feels a lot better now than it did at the start. And it made me glad that I didn't spend fucking hundreds of hours grinding up. Because in in the space of two hours, I went up as many levels as it would have taken me in like 30 hours, (laughs) you know, a year ago. It's like, this is why with Destiny, I always wait until the expansions are out to to really play it. Because Mm. you don't waste as much of your time. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Destiny is a waste of fucking time. <laughs> it's you know what it it still has all the good things about Destiny and it it, st- it has a, l- a few better now, but it still has all the things that make it so difficult to enjoy as well. Yeah, it's a it's a war, it's a fight. Yeah, to enjoy it, and there is, there is a lot about the Destiny, especially Destiny Two. I, I didn't care for the first one, but mm-hmm. I thought Destiny Two initially was a a damn good game but then more mistakes made with it more utterly baffling decisions with releases and how they would affect the gameplay i'll give you i get this this sums it up for me right i remember getting into the game and i haven't played this game now since i think around last december maybe and uh my character was there still there and everything all that's all nice and i was leveling up and i remember there's a mechanic where you can level up your guns if you have a different gun and I was trying to do it, and then there was like all these requirements you had to meet to do this, like this one material you had to collect, and that, and all this other stuff. And it's like I don't even the game hasn't told me where I find this material, how to get it, what you know, what even is it, how to do this. And I was just like this. That sums up Destiny to me. There's just so 
much stuff that you have to learn. Yeah. And for people who are into that and that their hobby is destiny, that's fucking great for them. I think it's really cool because, you know, they have friends who they play with every day and they can help each other out and stuff. But for someone who wants to jump in and out, it's just not not really. It's like an MMO in that if if you if it is your one thing, the fact that it is so filled with countless systems is fantastic. If you want to play it casually, that's just a barrier to entry. And I, I've been hearing from friends who are big Destiny players like that, that it does, um, they've really been having a good time with it. And yeah. they really like the strikes and they really like the uh, the raid. So yeah. yeah. Well, some games are designed to be jobs and every company wants one, but not all of them are going to survive. And some of them are going to crash and burn and take jobs and studios with them. I feel like I'm very worried about what Anthem will do to Bioware. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could it could destroy them. If it does well, it could destroy them. And if it does badly, it could destroy them. Yeah. It needs to perform mediocrely. It needs to be like, uh, it's fine. It's enough that we haven't gone under and we can afford to make another game, but it didn't sell well enough to encourage us down this path. Yeah. And it needs to sell not well enough for EA to go, right, that's it. No more Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Yeah. It's going to be a tricky one, that... That we will see. I was just going to say, I also played the Bulletstorm remaster. Oh, yeah. Uh, where'd you find that? We've mentioned that game a few times on this. It's still well worth playing. Like, really, really fun game. And the way they... the How inventive they are with, sh- with like, a first-person shooter in that game is amazing. I have to say, though, the story and the humour, more so now even than when it first came out, are so at odds with each other. Like, there's this dark, depressing, yeah, really, like, fucked up story. And then there's the constant one-liners and humour. They don't meld well at all together. Yeah. But if you, if, you, if you ignore the story and just focus on the fun and the shooting and the one-liners, then it's great. Like, some of the fucking line, like, the general when he's like, Hold your dicks, you fungal rim jobs. <laughs> you know, and every five minutes there's another <laughs> one-liner like that that's just so puerile. And... That game wants to remind... <laughs> it wants to remind you that dicks exist. Yeah, it really does. It needs you to know about <laughs> uh... the dicks. Ishi, you scared the dick off me. They should have called it Dick Storm. Dick Storm, yeah. Oh, speaking of games that need you to know about dicks, we got some Red Dead Two, Red Dead Redemption Two information this week. Oh yeah, that 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 game has real time horse testicle weather physics. The testicle, horse testicles shrink in the cold. This is the stuff I think of when people tell me video <laughs> games need microtransactions because they're too expensive to make. <sighs> I didn't ask them to shrink the horse balls, did I? Yeah, you could have you saved, what, a couple, couple of grand by not having shrinking horse balls. I mean, good on them for doing it, yeah. but let's just say it's not fucking needed. I don't know. I mean, if you're, this is a game where you're going to be spending upwards of maybe 80 to 100 hours with your horse. It's pretty cool to have a realistic horse i think that's that's a little detail that you know and rocks rockstar have always been about detail it's it's cool that they've got contracting <laughs> balls it's cool that lara croft has individual hair strands it's all cool it's just don't then tell me games are too expensive to make if you want to make the horses cheaper in red dead 2 without having them be any less realistic just have them all be female horses, because then you don't have to deal with ball-shrinking physics. To be fair, I don't think there's anything in a game that's too expensive for Rockstar to make. I mean, Oh yeah, no, Ro- Rockstar have... They have infinity money. Like, Re- uh, GTA V 
has spent like five years never leaving the top 10 selling games in the UK charts. Uh, because of the microtransactions in GTA Online, it's literally the most profitable piece of media yeah. ever. It is the most profitable entertainment product ever. Which again, don't tell me they need to put in all the monetization they put in. It's not need, it's want. It's because they can. That's going to continue as well, because Red Dead Online is happening, so yeah. Oh, sure. Ugh. I saw the announcement for that and just was like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up this week. I think that's most of our stuff. Yeah, happy with that. Laura! What, me? Yeah, you! Hello! How can people find out about your things on the internet that aren't this, of which you do many? Uh, you can find me, Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. You can find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition real play podcast. Every season's a self-contained story, so you can jump in on any season. Season 3 is about a bunch of people trapped in a magical barrier town. Season 4 is about overthrowing capitalism in a cyberpunk setting. Season 5 has Conrad Zimmerman in it, and we go off into space to go fight, like, brain-eating tentacle creatures. Uh, other than that... My memoir's coming out on, like, July 19th, 2019. Uh, that'll be available to pre-order soon. That is all happening. And in the next, like, week and a half to two weeks, you will get to see what is going on with my butt book, because I've been working hard on that, and there's some cool, big announcement-y things happening. Good stuff. Awesome. And Gavin, you are kind of a pop star from what I hear on the grapevine, like in that song about the grapevine. How can people hear your songs that are not necessarily about grapevines? You can find my music on YouTube and you can support me on Patreon if you like the music and would like to hear more of it. And somebody pointed this out to me last week and it mm, needs to be mentioned because I suck at business and I've completely forgot to mention that I have officially got merch now. <laughs> Ah. Uh, yes, if you if you Google Miracle of Sound official merch, you will find it. I've got posters and hoodies and T-shirts for now. We'll be adding more stuff later. And uh, it's if you, if you need the link, it's miracleofsound.fanfiber.com. And apparently these are much better quality than the old ones I had before. So that's good to know. And you can get like really cool looking posters with my... What we've decided he's called Level Guy. He's the, the, the guy who's on the front of all my albums. But uh, we, we haven't got a proper name for him yet. So you can get you. But now you can wear him and show everyone uh, that you're really cool because you know an obscure artist that no one has a fucking clue who they are. <laughs> that's that. I mean, that's the point of liking musicians, isn't it? You can be the biggest hipster at the party. You can go over and they'd be like... You know what, did you hear the new Arcade Fire album? I love the new direction they're going. And you'd be like, well, have you heard of Miracle of Sound? And no one will. So you'll be the coolest person at the hipster party. <laughs> there you go. Now, now who sucks at business? <laughs> you reminded me, we got a pre-order thing going. Oh, we've closed the pre-orders on the Gymporium. And Justin had the idea of doing a signed trading card for all of the pre-order ones. And I've got 600 things to sign. Yeah. This is why I don't do Patreon bonuses. <laughs> I am currently dreading a very similar, here is a stack of things to sign that might be in my future. Yeah. My wanking hand's never going to forgive me. Yeah. But that's for another day to worry about. Right now, we're 201 and done on this one. We will see you next time. Thank you for your supporting and sharing and listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.